Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability, and also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Jeff Summers here, joined by Mr. Matt Bennett. Matt, it's been a couple of weeks. I've been on, and you've not been on. That is very, uh, very abnormal for us. Yeah, it's it's great to be back. I uh, appreciate the little bit of a break uh, for vacation. Um, yeah, uh, went to South Carolina in late June. It was really hot, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, good to be back in the the swing of things. So uh, we got a lot of exciting things. Uh, uh, I know I have conferences I'm going to to talk heart rate variability. You're going to a conference with Ina and Janelle, which I'm more and more jealous of. I was like, I don't <laughs> think I could make this work. I'd have to like fly from DC to Orlando and maybe miss a day. And now, now I'm a little a bit wishing flight. I was thinking about that though or i think it was orlando in july it is we will be in orlando next week yeah yes that uh, that is absolutely right which um, i'm not sure if you've ever been to DC this so, time of year but it's not much better than no orlando, it, it really so. isn't that's exactly <laughs> right well and yeah i mean you know we were just talking the temperatures uh we're recording this on july 19th the temperatures in europe and the uk are hitting record highs and I don't know that there's anywhere that's pleasant. Maybe I think we're, we're only heading 102 today, but it's a dry heat, which after <laughs> South Carolina, it's I realize, oh, this isn't something we just tell ourselves here in Colorado to feel better about life. There's it's still hot. It's real. Yeah, I'm not going to go outside a whole lot today, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, the no, the lack of humidity does does help in certain ways. So uh, people exactly. have it worse, and hopefully uh, our friends over in the UK survive this because because this is a different reality uh, for, for for our friends. So uh, I, I know yes. they're sweating and trying to cool down without uh, the air conditioning that uh, we have over here. So that's it. Yep, you said it. You said it. So Matt, let, let, let's jump in. It's exciting. Uh, some some exciting news to kind of talk about today. Uh, a lot of our listeners know you're a prolific author and uh, <laughs> completed two heart rate variability books or books on HRV for organization and business within a year of each other, 18 months. I'm, I don't know exactly say what two. Let's go with two. two. Yeah. Okay. I think it was a little quicker than that. But um, so, you know, clearly it's a passion of yours, right? And obviously we all know HRV is, is a huge passion of yours. And, um, I, you know, the, the big news, I think, is the your decision to, uh, you know, make some some additions and amendments to the, the first book and, and come out with, uh, you know, the latest and greatest in terms of up, updates, research, and all of that kind of stuff. So really wanted to use the podcast episode this week to talk about what that is. Uh, for the benefit of the folks who have already read the book, uh, you know, there's there's some new stuff that it's worth going back to check out. And, you know, obviously we'll give a little bit of context to the folks who haven't, um, because I think there's probably a lot of folks that can still get a lot of value from it. 
So yeah. I guess the first question is, is why after, after writing two books and, you know, call it two years again, I, I would argue it's more like 18 months. Why go back and revise the first book after such a short period of time? So, so, so a couple of big things. Well, one is I, I have, uh, I, the, the biggest answer to that question is uh, cognitive dissonance of knowing that I could put a better product out there, uh, not feeling terrible about it because we've given a lot of free copies of this book out. So uh, when I wrote the first uh, version and, and the first, it was just heart rate variability uh, uh, using biometrics as an outcome measure in trauma-informed organizations. So I've cleaned up the subtitle. My wife says my my subtitles are way too long. Um, so now it's just heart rate variability, the future of trauma-informed care. And for the folks that are not in the helping healing professions, uh, and if you're new to this podcast, because Jeff, I know you and I have talked about it a lot, there's a movement in healthcare, social services, psychology, to really understand the impact of trauma and really set up our systems, our interventions to help folks heal from trauma so they don't take the the cognitive, social, emotional, and medical uh, health uh, impacts of that further on in their life. So kind of gives you an idea of uh, when I say the future of trauma-informed care where I, I see this updated revised version going. And it did hit a hundred additional pages. So when we talk about a <laughs> a updated it's and expanded, yeah. yeah, it just it just wasn't like updating the introduction. It has whole new sections in it. So there were a couple drivers of that. One is just my own learning curve. Uh, when, when I write books, I I sort of look at what's out there and look for gaps in what's on Amazon or on other bookstores and kind of say, could I write a book better than nothing? Uh, You know, and there was no real practical book on heart rate variability out there at the time, two or so. And, you know, I started to write that even, you know, probably two and a half plus years ago. And so it's like, okay, I have an evolving expertise on this. Um, let's get into that space to at least get people thinking about this and talking about this and know that heart rate variability is out there as a measure of resiliency, of wellness, of social, emotional, cognitive, medical health. Um, so people start to understand uh, what this what this is. So the initial one was, is this better than nothing? And I think, you know, <laughs> with that very low bar that I set for myself, I, I think, you know, we, we accomplished that. Uh, ironically, more than accomplished that. yeah, we, we've had a lot of folks from Europe find the book. Um, so it's sort of had this uh, Australia <laughs> folks have reached out for us. So it's had this, uh, it's gotten that, that message out. They, uh, the pieces where I had sort of my own anxiety about was that I had two additional years of obsessive learning. Um, <laughs> so it's a good know, word for it, obsessive. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know that there wasn't a heart rate variability app out there for the mental health healthcare arena. Guess what we did, Jeff? We we created one to rush into that space. Wasn't a book out there, but just like with the app. Um, I felt like, you know, the app has gotten better over time, a lot better over time. Uh, The book just kind of stayed in its form because it's a published book. And and (laughs) 
And so really worked to uh, get my learning curve um, into it, uh, that there was a better book. The book out there was better than nothing. This book, I think, uh, is hopefully at least twice the book that the, the original uh, was. So, so that that is my hope is, can I write a book better than nothing? Can I write a book better than my book that was better than nothing? And I, I think the answer is a confident <laughs> yes to that. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and to your point, I mean, you, you really dug into the stuff for a couple of years prior to the first book, but, yeah. you know, with two plus years, having somebody like Ina, access to somebody like Ina certainly is going to accelerate your learning curve. Um, and so I would agree, you know, the, the, the additions, I think, are going to be really important for people and, and really add a lot of context and background to, yeah. you know, what you've communicated. So maybe talk to take everybody through some of the, the highlights, you know, I'm sure for the folks, you know, if you're like me, okay, cool, it's updated. You know, what is it? Should I go back and read more, right? Uh, or, or should I find something new? So um, I think, you know, what, what are the highlights? What are the, the most important things that you've added and, and why? So, so the first one, which is why I, I just felt like I had to, to update. Uh, and the initial thing, and you know me, Jeff, well enough to know, oh, I'll just throw in one additional chapter. Like, that, that's, <laughs> that's it. I, even... I fully expected a brand new book. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, it's pretty much what you got. Yeah, uh, exactly. The, the thing that really bothered me uh, about the edition that was out there is it didn't include anything on HRV biofeedback and my well I'll take that back it included two paragraphs on HRV biofeedback and mindfulness so this was uh pre-ena joining our team um and I, I knew at the time I, I wrote the original edition of the book about heart rate but, you know, the biofeedback piece of it and a little bit of the mindfulness piece. I'd used some existing apps out there, but, but it just, I did not really understand the science until I picked up Ina's book and then gave Ina a call and then Ina becoming a mentor for me is here. I put out a book into the world for people really struggling with trauma, mental health issues, uh, social issues, uh, trying to rush into this space that nobody was really thinking about with this underserved population. And the book that I wanted to educate people was missing really anything of substance around how we can use residency frequency breathing, bio HRV biofeedback, mindfulness to help heal trauma. Um, again, I, I would encourage this going to be the only thing that's going to be, but what a supplement to therapy or medical care or even psychiatric treatment um, is this intervention crafted around your specific genetic makeup that helps to not only heal the areas uh, damaged by trauma, but also build the areas of the neuro, the, the nervous system uh, that support resiliency um, in life. So it's just like, here's a book out there and I'm missing like, a huge amount of the impact uh, that this science could have. So, so my number one thing was, yeah, I got to get it out there. Like, like, yeah, like I said, I, I had a version of this where I just looked at putting a chapter in really would have been an easy thing to do, but that was like, I knew I had to get that in. So, so when you talk about drivers, at least one of them 
was here is this intervention that helps people heal. So not only are we tracking uh, progress in services and care, we're also providing an intervention that can help uh, improve heart rate variability over time and, and you know, help build that vagal break, uh, calm the sympathetic reaction, uh, build the prefrontal cortex, all those things. Um, and it just just was this huge gaping hole that I had to fulfill um, in the uh, initial edition. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, you know, there's the value in tracking something is great, but then being able to then improve it is, yeah. you know, exponentially better. It's, yeah, it's it's great to know how things are doing. It's it's even better to have the tools to be able to improve, right? And so yeah. that's what done with the app and you know now you're giving people within the book uh the tools to look into that on their own as well and learn more about it which i think is fantastic. right and rf like frequency breathing has just been so impactful in my own life too so it's like that personal piece yeah. as well it's like god this is like you know and I, i'm having my summer uh up in the mountains which just ended last week which is hard i miss my 75 degrees but like you know <laughs> i i'm still like you know pushing a hundred average for rmssd this month and while there's again a lot of variables including tracking and finding out what works including giving up alcohol which i'm still not all that happy about you know that rf frequency practice multiple times a day has been one of just just a huge piece uh building my own resiliency and wellness over time too so it's like i gotta share this with the world and obviously podcast the app uh obviously uh i've i've it's in this, the heartbeat of business, the book I yep. put out three months ago. Uh, God, I'm crazy. Uh, but it's in there. <laughs> in the I, best of ways. Yes, yes. I had to get it into this draft. So that, that was definitely one of the key drivers. No, that's great. You know, and, and for folks kind of in that helping and healing world, especially for some of these underserved populations, you know, really being able to understand how to incorporate this into their interventions. Yeah. I think it's great because it's a really low cost, you know, low effort intervention that has, you know, such great science behind it in terms of its efficacy. Um, you know, hopefully this means that more people who've never heard of biofeedback or HRV training or anything will be able to you know, start using it and getting the benefits yeah. of it. So. And it's, it's so, it's so, it's a 14 minute assessment that you can do over time and, uh, like less pennies a day and you've got this ability to just add a tool to your toolkit uh to really help people heal and both both medical you know one of the things with the conference we went to on the biofeedback just what this is doing in pain uh you know treatment all these yep. different things that it has so while i my background is in the psychological aspect of it what people are doing like uh, Dr. Dave and Ina around pain management and other things as well. It's like, boy, this is just like, you know, gold. And there's not, the side effects is it takes a little time each day to do it. Uh, but, you know, we, we've got it where costs are exactly our mission, Jeff, was this is pretty much almost everybody could afford uh, how we've got this priced at this point for really, if you do your membership less than $5 a month. So I feel, I just feel great. We've been able to keep the price there while adding value um, uh, moving forward. Uh, I totally agree. 
<clears throat> totally agree. So what what uh, what are some other components that that you went back and, and added? Obviously, that's the biggest one. You know, yeah. most important one. It's it, it sort of mimics our trajectory as a company, which makes total sense, right? Um, yeah. But what what are some other interesting tidbits that are now part of the the first book that weren't there before? Yeah, so really there's there's a whole expanded section on organizational health and resiliency um, as well. Uh, so part of this is when I wrote, I started writing the first book, um, as I'm sure you remember, as soon as COVID basically shut down mm -hmm. my training business, um, I'm like, okay, I got to do something with my time. So uh, why not write another book? Um, so, <laughs> it totally took all of like four weeks. Yeah, but, but, it, but it was like really early on, it was the spring of 2020 um, when, when I started writing. So, you know, with, obviously I was thinking about the healthcare of the workforce at that point. I was thinking about um, organizational health and wellness, but I don't think we, we fully understood how much COVID, as well as things we didn't really know at the time, like, you know, the political environment getting even violent um, in our country. Uh, I believe I hit published right before, before uh, the murder of George Floyd. So, I mean, so much has happened since hitting publish for that first book and just as what's gone on in our society, but also specifically with helping organizations who go to work every day to fight systematic racism and discrimination and health inequities, um, obviously political environment where we're looking at reproductive rights uh, yeah. going away. I mean, a lot oh, of the stuff that we, have, we go to work every day and we dedicate our lives to are, are getting bombarded during in the midst of, I'm, I'm paying attention to this new variant that's out there as I'm starting to travel, uh, you know, with COVID still here. Um, and I think a big question mark is in what way is it here? I yeah, see a lot, of people, a lot of people are testing positive for COVID now. Is, is it back? Is, you know, and so yeah, we're still absolutely. in all that. So one of the things that, uh, you know, was, was really good for me in writing the heartbeat of business, you know, where we looked at this, not necessarily specifically for for-profits, but business sort of in general, right. was really looking at, you know, how do we set, how do we use research out there? How do we use heart rate variability um, as a biometrics to really help businesses thrive? Now, obviously the business that I've been in, my life has been helping people heal, helping people live healthy lives. Um, which carries some additional challenges to it when talk about things like vicarious trauma, secondary trauma, as far as uh, just the incredibly disgustingly high rates of burnout in these fields. And so really sort of took some of the, the, the really good work that I'm proud of that I did with Ina and Dave, and then really looked at that in the healthcare environment, in the social services environment, in the educational environment, uh, really those industries that have been uh, hit by a lot of trauma um, as far as the workforce goes, you know, over the last uh, two and a half plus years and uh, just really writing from that perspective. And so that was sort of a chapter two. I think there was one on staff wellness and one on organizational wellness uh, in the first book. And now that's uh, basically it's got its entire own section 
um, at this point with definitely the lens of COVID um, and the current crisis we're in is how could we use heart rate variability to help our workforce recover? And, uh, you know, I, I thought that the, the existing material didn't really cover the, the situation that we are uh, currently <laughs> facing. Who knew? <laughs> my, my how things have changed in the two year period. It's uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. And it's like, we're still swimming in it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you see it, you know, you see it, I see it in all my trainings that people are really, really struggling right now. And there's, how do we get people back healthy? You know, it's not going to be kind of going back to some past state because we weren't doing well before this all hit that's kind of the dirty sure. secret yeah, in healthcare exactly. in human services in education we were a mess and so it's like we're we're not trying to necessarily go back we're trying and this is where like i like the concept of post-traumatic growth is what do we learn from this how, how do we how do we address how do we both recover to get our mental health back but also not go back to the place we were at before because we were doing horrible before this all hit. So really trying <laughs> to think about, you know, heart rate variability and bringing in other models and best practices in stress management and performance to say it's not okay any longer for those in these helping and healing professions to be train wrecks of professions, to be burned out, to be traumatized because if we're lacking the mental, social, emotional, cognitive health to do this work, we're causing harm. And we've got Absolutely. to really, we've got to really address this in, in a way and take this serious. And I think there's a window of opportunity right now to do that, but we can also kind of lock in to the current state if we're not careful. And then we're, I don't know if it's sustainable at that point. Why, why would anybody want to become a nurse or become, right, exactly. a, become a PA and come into this burnout machine that's healthcare or the, the burnout machine that's education? And we're, we're kind of starting to see these predictions of people just leaving the professions. Yep. Um, you I'm know, I'm watching this in education play out. Like, yep. you know, screw this. Yeah, where's the motivation? You know, yeah. if you're in college right now, what's the motivation to go into education? Right. You know, other than intrinsic wanting to do you know, good things and make a difference in kids' lives. But, you know, outside of that, you know, how systematically have we set it up to incentivize people to join that workforce? And Yeah. And then, and then no you talk answer. to a teacher or a physician or so. And it's like, I'm not doing any good. Like, like there's that that point there is like, oh, right. you think you're going to come here and change? Children? No, you're, you know, it's not. You know, and it's still there. I'm not saying it's not. In no way am I saying anything bad sure. about those are the professions I've been in. I've dedicated my life to, but but a lot of these folks right now, if you expect young people to be inspired by us, uh, we'll be the best advertisement for not going into these fields right now. And that's the the scary thing is I, I don't see how we're going to replace uh, both the baby boomers who are retiring. Uh, and people just saying I'm done. Like yep. this is this else. isn't this isn't worth my mental health to stay in education or stay in healthcare or stay in social services. Uh, and when we get to that point, uh, our society is at risk. Um, 
you know, what, what's a healthcare system without nurses? Uh, you know, what's a healthcare system where your uh, physicians and PAs don't have the cognitive capacity to correctly diagnose people? Um, and what yeah. if you don't have any teachers left in your community to teach your uh, children? So this yeah. is this is the crisis that's boiling right now. I don't know if it's spilling over enough for us to feel it as a society. But if we don't have an emergency response to this, um, we're, we're in just a whole lot of trouble. So, yeah, um, yeah and I, I mean, heart rate variability quantifies like, like, okay, we're a mess right now. What does that mean? Let, let's quantify that. So when we try to address some of these systematic issues, some of these longstanding, uh, you know, uh, structural issues, uh, we can show that they work and we can show what's not working. Like, and so it's, it's time. And I'm not saying heart rate variability will necessarily solve all the problems, but it at least lets us know how bad it is and what is working, what isn't working. I want to get this on students in these professions. I know we're talking to that in a lot of different ways. How do we know the next generation of healthcare providers how do we know that maybe some of the changes we're doing in residency for uh, physicians, which basically used to just burn out and traumatize people, I guess, was their right of passion. Um, how do we know that we're creating healthy, you know, professionals and not destroying them before their first official day um, as a physician, you know? And so... Let, let's let's look at this uh, and let's find ways to collectively that, that we know using heart rate variability as a measure of the stress response where, where we can gather data around this, find those best practices. I, I think the book, both uh, The Heartbeat of Business and the, the Future of Trauma-Informed Care, both really put forth structures um, and thinking that take us well beyond where we currently are at. Uh, as far as how we can use this in a cost-effective, in a practical, in a simple way to transform uh, these systems. Uh, and, you know, it's exciting to be part of some of these initial conversations, but we got to quickly go from these outlying innovators to getting ingrained in the culture. Or these industries are at, you know, they're at risk right now of just total collapse. And if they collapse, you know, we, we know that people in poverty will probably be disproportionately effective like they effective. always are. But Absolutely. it's going to hit us all. It's, sure. So even if you don't care about people experiencing homelessness or poverty, and I know most of our listeners do, you know, this is just going to have just wide implications throughout our society. So there's no doubt about that. Yeah, so so hopefully we're here. Yeah, you know we uh, we're here. we want to be part of that conversation. John, last week on our podcast doing yeah. this education, yeah. I haven't gotten the goosebumps out of my system from that conversation um, with him, but he gives us a great example of here's a, a paraprofessional, which I hate that terminology because he's a professional. He's an he's educator. a professional, absolutely. Yeah, I hate that terminology. Uh, you know, what he's doing to transform special education. Like, how can we 
where's our innovator for nurse educators? Where's our innovators in, you know, the, the masters of social work programs, the undergrad programs? Where's our residency supervisors and, and uh, education facilities? How do we really change the story in these professions that have just been just been terrible to maintain the health? Again, if you're in the business of healing and helping other people, it's ethical that we're healthy. It's important that we're healthy. <laughs> Absolutely, of course. Or we can't do our work and we do harm. Well, that's it. Exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just a, a quality of of work issue. You know, I mean, well, there's a lot more than that. But, you know, if you just look at it like that, it, it's, it's huge. And I think one of the things that's I'm sort of taking this off topic a little bit, but is um, encouraging is we've been approached by some large um, medical providers yeah. who have set up groups solely responsible for providing self-care resources to all of the doctors and, and nurses and, and professionals within the, you know, within their systems, but most focused on, you know, people in residency and, yeah. and you know, younger people who have not yet sort of fallen into their routines and, you know, developing that. And I think that's really smart and it's nice to see those programs being developed, those resources being offered in hopes that the young people can kind of quote unquote ease into their professional career without having to experience the same amount of trauma and burnout. Absolutely. Imagine what what if we change the paradigm here, Jeff, and instead of physicians exiting their training and education burned out already, what if they were healthier <laughs> than when they entered school? Like exactly. You, yeah. we're, we're talking to some psychology and social work programs as well. We we know these fields are devastated by burnout and trouble. What if what if they were healthier after their college training experience? Because we taught them how to be resilient. We set up systems to help them be resilient. It doesn't mean that they won't face challenges. I'm not talking about yeah. like not challenging students. Well, that's, that's that's resiliency, right? Being able to bounce back and yeah. manage those challenges. But if we're graduating burned out people already, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like it just gets worse from there. Exactly. You know, yeah. and so you know, I I love these again. Right now, it's more of the innovators, the the people, and a lot of people who've heard about RF frequency and biofeedback as as tools and HRV, and it's just like you know, I, I think we're in a critical time where yeah i always know we've got to kind of do proof of concept with some of this stuff but it's like i mean now is the time so if you're listening to this and you're just like well i don't know are we ready just reach out to us uh like i said i think right now we've got all we've got people entering whether it's undergrad whether it's graduate work whether it's doctoral work who have been through the the craziest stretch in recent memory and again i'm just getting older and older it's been really tough <laughs> so a lot of them bring in a probably a lower level of just health and well-being right now uh just because of everything we've been through collectively as a society so with this focus on hey how do we show that our program actually builds their resiliency builds their wellness and provides them skills not only to help people heal to grow uh, to transform their life, but also to set them up professionally in a very resilient spot and ready to take on the challenges of this work. And if we could start people out there instead of 
already being burned out. Uh, hopefully we start to transform some of these systems um, and really create centers of health and wellness that provide healthcare, provide mental health, provide social work, uh, provide educational services because healthy teachers are gonna promote more resilient uh, students. Uh, healthy physicians are gonna diagnose you more accurately and give you better treatment. Uh, right. You know, so I, there's there's cost savings here. There's Which, a whole by the bunch way, of- lowers insurance costs and all that kind of stuff. Right? Exactly, we get better outcomes for folks. Uh, whether it's healthcare, whether it's social services, and that's going to save us money. You know, let's stop building prisons and homeless shelters doing this work. So, you know, I think hopefully this crisis that we're in, there's that opportunity uh, that's staring us in the face is, okay, we weren't good before. This hit us disproportionately hard. Are we going to continue the insanity or are we going to do this differently? And I really believe the future of our profession professions really rely on our response uh, to this moment. And we're all tired right now. So um, I, I get how that's hard for all of us, but it's like, we, we've got to find ways out of this. And um, yeah, to we've survived it. Now we really have to grow from this experience and just, just, you know, address some of these issues that have just plagued these professions for so long. And, you know, Jeff, our talks about folks in the business world makes me realize too, it's not all sunny over there as well. Oh, no, I, think, no, I mean, it's the same, you know, same stuff, uh, you yeah. know, just, just different, right? The ramifications are different, you know, in, in, in this side of the world, if I make a mistake, you know, a deal might get pushed or, you know, something like that, right? We might not make a deadline or, you know, whatever. I don't make a mistake on the operating table that endangers yeah. someone's life. Right yeah. or misdiagnose somebody and yeah you know, all those things. There's the stakes are so much higher and in these helping and healing professions as compared to selling software or widgets or you know Teslas or whatever, right? Yeah, so, but again, yeah, that's that's your life, that's your experience too. You know, I, so I mean, at the same time, well, well, I I don't diminish that healthy organizations are going to allow the people within those organizations. To thrive. We've talked a lot about your world and how health and wellness are hardly ever mentioned at the at the yeah, cost not, of not the really. yeah, and not, and not the really. individuals. So you know it's it's that challenge to to all of us right now because everybody's struggling. So I think creating that healthy workplace, you know, is going to create a competitive advantage. Whether you're a healthcare provider competing against for staff with other healthcare providers or whether you're a software business competing with other software companies a, a healthy engaged motivated workforce is going to be good and you Absolutely. know if you're happy at work you're going to be happier at home you know it. it's it's that piece you know as well so hopefully this is a call to all of us and uh uh I, you know uh, I, I really am proud of the heartbeat of business we're getting some really great feedback um, on that one. That was just a pleasure to work with Dave and Enon. And I'm uh, so glad I had a, I don't know where I found the space to do this, honestly, because I'm, 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 I'm in these huge projects as well, but I'm so glad that uh, a little bit of time opened up to really, you know, address uh, the big gaping holes that I was seeing in the first edition. So, um, 
It, it is up on Amazon now in uh, audio, not audio book, but uh, paperback, got a hardback copy out there, an ebook. Uh, if you're in Kindle Unlimited, you can get it for free. It's the first time I've kind of tried uh, to do that. So, um, and also we'll be uh, putting it up on um, our uh, website as well. So if you're looking for a free copy and you're listening to this podcast, we'll probably throw a free uh, PDF your way <laughs> if you reach out to us. So uh, Matt at OptimalHRV.com, just reach out to me. Uh, I may throw you back a free PDF of the book. So uh, we want to get this out there uh, to anybody that's interested right now to be a positive, hopefully offer some positive solutions to this uh, really challenging time. That's it. That's it. And we will also be at ISNR next week. Uh, if anybody is, any of our listeners will be there, come come by the booth, say hello. Love to, uh, always a pleasure meeting, meeting, uh, meeting customers and, and fans and people who are interested in what we're doing. So Matt, thanks for the time today. Uh, you know, I think it was, it was great to, to help everybody understand what's new, why it was important, why it's going to matter for them. Uh, because, you know, to go back and kind of read back through a book that you've already read, you know, it, it, yeah. you just want to make sure that there's enough new there that's going to make yeah. it worth your while because there's always a million books on everybody's list. So I think I, I promise at least half of it is revised in a hundred new pages. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I was gonna say if yeah. anybody's listening today, I don't think you're gonna have that 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 second thought coming forward. So absolutely. As always, Matt, a pleasure. Thanks to all the listeners. Uh, we appreciate everyone's time and interest, and we look forward to seeing everybody on the next uh, next podcast next week. Thanks Take care, everybody. everybody. Jeff, great to see you, my friend. You too. Stay safe. <laughs>